Welcome to Gathering Ministries podcast. We pray you will enjoy God's presence as you listen. As we talk tonight about the goodness of God, before we can really talk about how good God is to us, we really need to address sin. So we're going to address sin um, in light of how good God really is to us. And as we go through this, I think you're going to really see how good God is that he gave us the blueprint to stay from destroying ourselves. Because sin will destroy you. And the goodness of God will do what it can do to reach to you and to keep you from destroying yourself. Now, sin is anything contrary to the law or will of God. So, we're going to find out that we were all at one time sinners. Now, you're not a sinner now if you have accepted Jesus because you're the righteousness of Christ, right? How many of you have accepted Christ? Do you know that means that his righteousness now belongs to you and he took your sin, past, present, and future? So I now was a sinner, but I am now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But there are still an issue we need to talk about, and that is sin. Now, I um, heard about this pastor's conference, and it was for the whole eastern uh, district, and about 600 pastors all got together. And three of them had uh, been friends for years, and they finally got together at this pastor's conference. And we're talking about how their churches were going, and the one pastor said, you know, let's go off to a room here by ourselves. He said, as pastors, we really don't have anybody we can confide in. He said, so I'm just going to suggest that we confide in each other about our weaknesses so we know how to pray. They're like, that's a great idea. That's great. So the first pastor said, well, I just want you all to know I have a horrible problem with gambling. And he said, it has really gotten a hold of me. And they were like, okay, that's something good to know. We'll, we'll be praying for you. And the second man said, well, I actually am very lazy. That I don't do any work at all. And I just listen to other messages, and that's my message. I don't even study the Word of God. And the third pastor said, uh, is this meeting over? And they said, why? And he said, because I have a problem with gossiping, and I can't wait to get out of here. <laughs> we all sin, right? Right? Okay. Let's look at what God said about Sin. Let's go to Exodus 20. Exodus 
starts, um, I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Okay? Number one, you should have no other gods before me. I won't have you raise your hand if you've done any of these, okay? We'll just go through them. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You should not bow down to worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sins of their parents to the third and fourth generation, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. All right? You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will hold, not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. There's a whole teaching in that. How many times have we blamed God for something that didn't happen? How many times have we uh, told, said God told me to do something when he didn't tell me to do it? You know, yeah, there are a lot of people who use the name as cuss words, but a lot of us use the name of God very incorrectly, do we not? Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shall you work, but on the seventh you should rest. Okay? And then the next one is honor your father and mother. Are you hearing this, all you kids? Let me say it again. Honor your father and your mother. This is interesting, so that you may live long in the land the Lord has given you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You should not give false testimony against your neighbor. You should not covet. Okay? There's your Ten Commandments. Well, if I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know if there's any gossipers in here or not, but if I'm going to be honest with you, I've pretty much crossed off most of those. Okay? And I'm sure that all of us, if we're going to be honest, but here's the beautiful thing. Jesus did not come to abolish the law. The Bible said he came to fulfill it. Now, here's the beautiful thing. Do you know that Jesus kept every one of the Ten Commandments? Isn't that wonderful? And because I have placed my trust in Jesus, he has fulfilled that law for me. Isn't that wonderful? Yes. Yes. But without Jesus, we all have to stand before God based on those Ten Commandments. But Jesus redefined him. He said, you know what? I'm going to tell you really what it is. Exodus 22, verse 37, Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like this. Matthew 22. Yeah. The second, I said it wrong. Oh, boy. Matthew 22. Let me start over. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, here it is. All the law... And the prophets hang on these two commandments. Now, if you break down the Ten Commandments, the first four are sinning against God. The first four are saying, I do not love God. 
The rest of them are saying, I do not love my neighbor. So love God, love each other, and you have fulfilled the law. Boy, that's hard, isn't it? That's a tough one. But that's how Jesus identified the law. The Ten Commandments can be said exactly like this. Love God, love each other. That is the Ten Commandments. So then we have to say, well, what is sin? What is sin? Matthew 5. I'm going to start with Matthew 5, verse 48. Jesus said this. Are you ready? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Why would Jesus say that when he knows that we are born sinners and that we in and of ourselves cannot be perfect? Why would he say that is the standard? Because he came, he came, and he took every bit of your sin completely away. As a matter of fact, he doesn't even remember it anymore. And in place of all of that sin, he took Jesus' perfect righteousness and gave it to you so that you stand before God perfect. So when you've accepted Jesus, you now have the power, not because of anything you have done, but because of what Jesus has done, you have the power to stand before God perfect. Because you are standing there in Jesus Christ. That's a beautiful thing, isn't it? John 5.14. John 5.14. Boy, this is a tough one, okay? Uh, this is, Jesus has just healed the man and told him, pick up your mat and walk. They said, who told you to do that? The man had who was healed had no idea who it was, and Jesus had slipped away into the crowd. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning, or something worse may happen to you. Look, he has given us a warning. Sin is not something that God will tolerate. Now, people don't want to hear that a lot. They do not want to hear that a lot, but please hear what I'm going to say to you. As a human being, if you have done absolutely everything you can do to help somebody, and they turn their back on you and refuse your help, what do you think, how does that make you feel? Now, you've just helped them out of your abundance. Here's God who gave Jesus, okay? 
We're going to get down into the goodness of God where grace is concerned and mercy is concerned. Those are down, down a little ways. But when God has delivered you from something, look, you're delivered. Don't think that you can continue to do that. You have been set free from that. Jesus is saying very clearly, look, receive forgiveness. Receive it and turn from your ways. We're all guilty of that, I know. And I, this is a good warning. James 4.4 4 says this. You adulterous people. How many of you have said, I've never committed adultery? If you've never committed adultery, I'm here to tell you, yes, you have. One of the Ten Commandments is, thou shalt not commit adultery. Do you know what adultery really is in the Bible? Adultery is forsaking your first love. And all of us have put something before God, haven't we? And he calls us an adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity with, against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. We have to be very, very clear on what the Bible calls sin. This isn't a fun lesson, but before you leave, it's going to get a whole lot better, okay? Trust me right now when I tell you this is the goodness of God. Okay? 1 John 3, verse 4. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. Okay? As you know your definition, anything contrary to the will or the law of God. So you're sitting there and you're saying, wow, wow, you know, we're not like the, the Pharisee in the temple. He was praying and he saw a beggar come in and the beggar said, oh God, have mercy on me. And the Pharisee said, oh God, I thank you that I'm not like that evil sinner over there. Remember that? Look, we have all sinned, okay? Every one of us. Let's be honest, okay? Romans 3, 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Even if you thought you were perfect from the day you were born, please hear me when I tell you you were born a sinner. And if you want proof of that, come work at the daycare for a week. And what I can prove to you is there's not a single kid that has come to this daycare that we've had to teach how to be bad. They know how to be bad all by themselves. We have to teach them how to be good. You see, we were all born into sin. How many of you know these kids, you put them in the middle of a room, and all of a sudden they all want the same exact toy? You can have 500 toys there, and they all want the same one. Mine, mine, mine. 
Well, it's kind of cute when it's little one-year-olds. It's not so pretty when it's 40 and 50-year-olds still doing the same thing. But you've been around those people too, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. James 4, 17. If anyone knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. That's a tough one, isn't it? You know, this isn't saying don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. This is saying, hey, if you were supposed to do something good and you didn't do it, what's the matter? That's sin. You see, the Bible is very clear that we need a Savior. We need a Savior. 1 John 4.8 tells us this. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Boy, I'm going to tell you what. Some people are really hard to love, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, sometimes they can be right in your own house, huh? It's hard. But we all fall short. Psalm 51, 5. Psalm 51, verse 5. I really want us to get down in it, just how serious this is. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. So we were all born sinners, okay? Every single one of us was born a sinner. Then Ephesians 2. We've talked about this verse before, but in a different reference, talking about Satan be the prince of the air. But Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 3, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin. We know right now that in this world there's a lot of walking dead, isn't there? These TV producers think they've come up with a great idea when they have shows like The Walking Dead. Listen, that's been going on since time began. That is nothing new. In which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work and those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. So we're all sinners. Everyone can agree with that, right? We were all born sinners. Amen? Hard thing to say amen to, isn't it? But why do we stay in sin? I don't know about you, but there are many, many people who will do a New Year's resolution. Or they will say, as of this date, I'm going to start doing this. How many of you have made a New Year's resolution? Raise your hand. Let's just see it, okay? How many of you kept it for more than a week? Good. How many of you still have it? Right. You see, because our 
our whole sin issue is not a choice. It is a heart issue. It's an issue of the heart. Mark chapter 7, verse 20. What comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from the inside and defile a person. You, we've all heard the saying that I've asked Jesus to come into my heart, right? Right. What we're really saying is I've asked Jesus to cleanse me from the inside out. From the inside out. Galatians chapter 5, we did a whole study on the fruit of the spirit, but how many of you know what the fruit of the flesh is? Sexual immorality, impurity, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, strife, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. All of that comes from our heart. You know, we look at people, how could they do that? We see some very evil things going on in our world, don't we? And we say to them as Christians, how could they do that? Have you ever said that? Have you ever wondered that? It is very strange for us because our heart has been purified by the blood of Jesus, and that is just completely contrary to anything that we would ever even think about doing. But that is what a heart who does not follow God will do. And you're saying, oh, I know a lot of Christians that aren't that bad. Um, if you know, or a lot of sinners that aren't that bad, but I'm going to tell you, if you know someone who is a sinner, please hear me. They're that bad. God does not rate sin. Okay? They're that bad. It does not matter what your sin is. And we get caught up in rating sin because that makes us feel better about who we are, right? Well, I only tell white lies. I don't know about the rest of you, but all my lies are white. Oh, you all tell them too, huh? Right. Yeah. Oh, I, I only have fits of rage when they press my button. They know what my button is. Right. How many of you had your button pressed? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But you see, God doesn't rate any of that. But the goodness of God is telling us something very interesting, and that is this. Please hear me. The goodness of God is saying, Jesus paid for every bit of that so that you can have his righteousness. That's how good God is. 
You see, we're going to get into a verse. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. I want to read this. In the last days, there will be terrible times. People will be lovers of money, lovers of themselves. How many of you know about that? Oh, yeah, when you were first born, they had magazines called Life, right? All right, and then it went from life to people, right? Then the next magazine was Us, right? Then the next magazine was Self, right? Right. Now, the next magazine that's going to come out is going to be nothing but blank pages with mirrors on every page so you can just look at yourself. People are so, and it'll be the best-selling magazine there is. Right. How many selfies do you have on your phone? We love ourselves, don't we? But listen to what I'm saying to you. The Bible says that's going to happen in the last days. They'll be lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful. Oh, my goodness, how many of you know ungrateful people? How many of you live with ungrateful people? Oh, Dave, I saw your hand raised. <laughs> he has 25 people that live with him, okay? <laughs> Unholy, without love, unforgiving, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Here you are, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Have nothing to do with them. There's your list of sin. Why is that so important? Because Genesis 1.28 says that every one of us was made in the image of God. Okay? Every single one of us was made in the image of God. Now, you all know Satan was thrown out of heaven, correct? Okay? From that day on... His goal has been to be get back at God. Do you know when you say, I'm going to get back at you for doing that, you're acting just like Satan? Do you know when you say, I can't believe they did that to me, you wait till I get a hold of them, you're acting just like Satan? That's why we forgive instantly. But you see, now listen to what I'm going to say to you. What better way for Satan to get back at God than to destroy us made in his image? That's what sin does. Satan, John chapter 10, tells us that Satan is out to kill, steal, and destroy. And the reason he is doing that is because you are made in the image of God. And if he can destroy the image of God, he is getting back at God. 
You see, sin is Satan's tool to destroy you. And the reason it is the goodness of God to tell you what it is is because God wants you to have life and life more abundantly. He does not want you to live under a curse of destruction. That's what sin does. It will destroy every area of your life. Sin is going to destroy it. And God is saying to every one of you, I am telling you these things not so that you can have a horrible, boring life. How many of you know the Christian life is anything but boring, huh? But I am telling you this because you have an enemy that wants to destroy you, and I am telling you this is how you stay from being destroyed. That's the goodness of God. How many of you have a child that wants to drive? How many of you let that child drive when they were five years old? Of course not. Why? Because it would have destroyed them. You see, that rule was not to be mean to your kids and you're not allowed to have fun, and that rule wasn't put in place so that you could be nasty to your kids and show them how boring life was. That is a rule you put in place as a parent because you love your child and you do not want them destroyed. And that is what God is saying to you. These things will destroy you. I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. The goodness of God is saying, Jesus took all that from you so that you will not be destroyed. Praise the Lord. So we're going to look at Satan's goal. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. You all know this, right? We have talked about this so many times. It's probably the most um, wrongly interpreted scripture in, in the Bible. Because many people will tell you, Paul had a thorn in his side. That means that he lived his whole life sick. That's not what the Bible says. Let's see what the Bible says. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Okay? Go up to verse 7. Because of these surpassingly great revelations, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh. What's the thorn? A messenger of Satan to torment me. Now, if you look up that word messenger in the Bible, it's a human being. Satan sent a nasty old man to Paul's church to give him a hard time at every board meeting and to just try to stop his ministry. That's exactly what that says. You see, Satan goes to church way more than any of you do. He is the most faithful person to go to church. But he is there to do absolutely everything to keep you from hearing from God and worshiping God. 
you'll get in church and you'll think, oh my goodness, did I remember to take the roast out of the freezer? Oh, I wonder if I turned the oven off. And that's just Satan giving you all kinds of things to keep you from worshiping God. You see, Satan has a plan, and his plan is to destroy every one of you. But Paul says something very interesting. God said, my grace is sufficient. And here's what that means. He was saying, in the areas where you see yourself weak, don't worry about it. Because that's when my grace is going to come in with my power and take what you think is weak and make it strong for you. That's the goodness of God. See, Satan can never win, but he will keep on trying. He only can do what we give him permission to do. I want you to hear that. He can only do what we give him permission to do. Hebrews 10.26. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left. Look, there is a grace. We're going to talk about grace in a couple of weeks in the goodness of God, but God's grace says you don't have to keep going down that road. You see, there's a horrible teaching going on in the church right now that says grace covers everything, which we all agree it does, right? Therefore, you can do anything you want and don't worry about it because you're under grace. That is not good teaching, okay? Isaiah 59. Isaiah 59. We're going to look at verses 1 and 2. Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor is his ear too dull to hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he shall not hear. Look, it's not God that can't hear. It's your sins that are keeping that from happening. You see, God is saying sin is... All through the Bible, it is originated from Satan. It is pushed on every human being by Satan. And his goal is to destroy every one of us. My prayer is that as we recognize that this is Satan doing this, that we'll have a very conscious decision to say, you know what? I'm not going to agree with what Satan's doing in my life. I refuse to join up with Satan. I'm not going to allow that to happen. Matthew 16, 23. You know that Satan even tried to stop the cross? Peter said, oh, no, no, Lord. You're not going to go to the cross. No, we're going to prevent that from happening. And what did Jesus say to Peter? Get thee behind me, Satan. Here's Peter. Now think about this for a minute. Peter walked on water. 
How many of you have walked on water? Here's what's amazing about Peter, is every single one of them could have walked on water if they'd gotten out of the boat. He was the only one who got out of the boat. How's that for some faith? Right. Peter said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, on that rock, I will build my church. And here's the keys to the kingdom. It's that Peter, that same Peter who wrote um, First and Second Peter in your Bible. It's that same Peter who uh, had a great revival in the book of Acts. That same Peter, do you know that same Peter was being used by Satan to try and stop the cross? Yeah, that same Peter. Yo, look, look, please hear me when I tell you this. Your sin has been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Okay? Your sin's been covered. I want you to hear me clearly. You still get to make choices, though. And your choices should never agree with what Satan is doing in this world. Amen? How do you overcome it? 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. John 3, 16 said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Right. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says that, that no man, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you are able, and he will find a way of escape. Isn't that great to know? That's the goodness of God. Isn't that beautiful to know? Proverbs 28. Proverbs 28, verse 13. Proverbs 28, verse 13. Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Boy, it's easy to hide our sin, isn't it? Yeah, we really think we're hiding from God. Kind of funny when you think about that, but that's our pride, isn't it? Oh, God will never find out. Uh, hello? Yes, he will. 1 Peter 5.8. Be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Look, Satan is like a lion. Let me tell you a couple things about a lion, okay? This is why this is so important that you come to Bible study, that you get in church. The Bible, when it says to not forsake your gathering together, you know why it says that? Because the lions will never attack a group. They only attack individuals. You see, lions will never. You know where, where else lions like to go? In the dark. And if you are in a dark place and you're the only light shining, that's not a very bright place. Satan will come and try and devour you. You see, your light has to shine bright. You have to be with other Christians. You have to 
set yourself up to know what you are doing and not get yourself isolated. That was the whole reason Satan loved COVID so much. It shut every church down and people were told to stay home. Do you know how many people actually had themselves stolen, things stolen, killed, destroyed in their lives during COVID? It's because we all isolated ourselves. The devil loved that. He's like a lion. He goes around seeking who he may devour. Yes. Do not isolate yourselves. 2 Corinthians 5.21. If this is not underlined in your Bible, it should be. It's the go-to verse every time Satan attacks you, okay? Are you with me? God made him, Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for us. So that we, in Jesus, might become the righteousness of God. Let's all say that together. I'm the righteousness of God. Ready? I'm the righteousness of God. Yes. You are righteous. That's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. Ephesians 1.7. This is all the goodness of God. This is how we handle sin. I confess it. I am the righteousness of God. I am going to make sure that Satan does not have the opportunity to destroy me. I am not going to agree with what Satan is doing. I am the righteousness of God. That is who I am. Ephesians 1.7. In him, in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Okay, I want to talk to you for just a moment. We have the redemption. Okay, how many of you know what it means to be redeemed? Okay. There's a book in heaven. And it has Georgia at the top of it. It has everybody, everyone, your names on a page. And the sins that we have committed have to be paid for. You see, they have to be paid in full. We all have a debt. We all have a debt, and there's not enough money in this world to pay that debt. There's only one way that debt can be paid. And that is through the blood of Jesus Christ. And when the blood of Jesus Christ comes on the page, it completely wipes it clean. It is paid in full. There is no outstanding debt. That's the blood of Jesus Christ. And we have that. 
boy, it's good to let Satan know we've got the blood of Christ, isn't it? Yeah, you can just leave us alone. It's already paid in full. Hebrews um, chapter 9, verse 28 puts it like this. Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many, and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. And Romans 2, 4. You know, I love to talk about how good God is. If you've been around me very long, you'll know I'm, I'm a talker about the goodness of God. And I've actually had people tell me, you shouldn't talk like that because not everybody has experienced the goodness of God. I'm here to tell you, you've all experienced the goodness of God just in what we've talked about tonight. God's been good to every one of us. Can you say amen? Oh, he's been so good to us. But do you know Romans 2 verse 4 says something very interesting? That God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. You see, when God is so good to people who do not even know God, and they stop and think, wow, God did that for me. You see, it's okay. As a matter of fact, it's more than okay. It's expected that we should be praising God and talking about how good he is all the time. But he has been so good to every one of us just by saying, you know what, this will destroy you. Stay away from it because I love you and I do not want to see you destroyed in any way. That's the goodness of God. And then he says this. He says, come. Come just as you are. Just come. I am not interested in your perfection. I am not interested in how good you've been. I'm not interested in how bad you've been. I am not interested in any of that. I am just telling you, you are welcome to come to me and receive my goodness, to receive my righteousness, to receive my perfection, to receive the goodness of God. He's telling all of us, we can come. Amen? Just as we are. Amen. Thank you for listening. Be sure to tune in to other broadcasts at Gather in Ministries.